people say to me, oh, it's so amazing that you're you know, living this like location independent life and you're so lucky. And I'm like, it's actually really easy. You just have to make a choice. This is your Badass Journey podcast. I am Kareen Walsh, serial entrepreneur, executive leadership coach, and author of the Be a Badass Six Tools to Uplevel Your Life. Each week, I will bring you a guest or a thought that will help you integrate who you really are with what you do. I call that living a badass life. Are you with me? Let's go. Welcome everybody to your Badass Journey podcast. Today I have Lisa Kavanaugh on today's episode. Lisa and I worked together when she was building up her career as a technical leader and has now pivoted her career life into what she calls a digital nomad. She has this beautiful alignment between who she really is and has has built a career in coaching, helping other people become more aware of what they're meant to put out into the world while she works from the destination of her choice. She doesn't do it alone. She has an amazing husband that is on this journey with her. And I had to have her on the show to just show you all that anything you really want and how you choose to create your life is possible. So I hope you're as inspired uh, with her story as I am, and I'm sure you'll enjoy this conversation. We talk about health. We talk about mind-body connection. We talk about travel and all things that have to do with being present in your daily life. So please enjoy and look forward to hearing your comments after the show. Welcome everybody to your Badass Journey podcast. Today I have Lisa Cavanaugh. She is one of my oldest friends from working together um, a few years back and it's so awesome to share her journey with you because I am so inspired with how she lives her life and has found alignment with figuring out what she loves and making sure she does it almost every single day. So welcome to the show, Lisa. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Oh my God. It's my pleasure. Um, I would first love for you to share with our listeners uh, where you're at today and um, how you actually got here, you know, and in what you do in life and also how you, how you live your life, because it's a a very unique one. Sure. I am physically in Buenos Aires, Argentina right now um, in a room with a chalkboard and a hammock, which makes me very happy. Um, I've been in Argentina for three months and I'm a digital nomad. So for the last six years, I have been bouncing around the world. Um, Most recently, I split my time primarily between Mexico, California, Portugal, and then somewhere new. So it's kind of like quarter by quarter and then a a new place. And this year it was um, Argentina. So that's where I am physically. And yeah, how did I, how did I get to be here? I don't know. I think I, I grew up sort of nomadic. I moved around a lot as a kid. I grew up between um, Italy, Michigan, Texas, and Alaska. <laughs> so um, <laughs> I became very uh, adaptable and used to being the new kid. And I think also wired for newness. Like I crave newness. I love strangers. I love new people. I'm like super curious I like the opportunity to reinvent myself and sort of have a clean slate. I 
then went to school and studied computer science and was a developer um, for many years and moved into leadership where I was at Ask, formerly Ask Jeeves, where our paths crossed. Yeah. Was there for 12 years, which is like crazy for folks these days to get their heads around. But as you well know, it was very a lot of companies with a lot of different mm-hmm. phases. And in 2013, I was uh, CTO, I was running product, and I decided it was time for a break. And my husband and I sold our cars and rented our house and grabbed backpacks. We don't have kids, so it made it easier. Took a year off and backpacked around the world. And it's a lifelong dream that we'd kind of been postponing year after year. We met and, um, and sort of promised we would travel like that. We met and, and fell in love traveling and promised we would do that every four years and like, you know, how things happen. I'd unfinished business and 12 years went by very quickly. And after that year of just really giving myself the space to do whatever I wanted, read books and travel and explore and go to, you know, just true freedom. The plan was to go back and like dust off the resume and like do it all over again. And at the end of that year, something had shifted in me and I wasn't, there was no going back. Like I just, I, I, I sort of, I wanted to keep traveling. I wanted to keep living in foreign places and learning languages. Um, but I also wanted to get back to like, you know, taking on, getting my hands dirty and like making an impact and challenging myself. And so when I asked myself what work was really important to me, I kept coming back to the work I had done with the coaches that I was fortunate enough to work with and how meaningful that felt and how um, valuable that felt and how like sacred that felt. And, and so that was the the work that that drew me. And so I pivoted from being a tech leader to supporting tech leaders and started off really focusing on yeah, leadership and executive coaching. And that has since grown to include folks that also want to turn their life upside down and like <laughs> take a totally different non-traditional, you know, lifestyle route the way the way I am now. And so I get to sort of play in both worlds for the folks that want to challenge themselves to lead authentically from right where they are and for the folks that want to take leadership, the lead in their life in a different way. And so now I work from various Wi-Fi <laughs> hotspots around the world, um, supporting folks to take their version of that big leap. I think it's beautiful that um, not only did you have to kind of check yourself and figure out what is the lifestyle I want to lead and then also figure out how can I align the impact I want to have and marry it, you know, like, you know, so I'm sure there were several iterations that then got you to the practice you have now. And also just knowing you in this constant continuous learning cycle, whether it's the new language, um, new technology, new fitness skill, because you're avid as well as between your hikes and um it remind me is it snowboarding or skiing yep. that you do snowboarding, snowboarding right <laughs> and then now you have surfing in the mix as well and when you think about all the different ways you get excited about about variety in your coaching practice as you work with different leaders to help them kind of awaken into what's next you know what are the methods that you use to assist them with that, you know, from experience and or practice that you've learned? Yeah. So I'm all about, I believe awareness is, awareness and presence is, is like the key to any um, real shift, right? People can 
want to behave differently and sort of force themselves to act the way they want to. But until they have awareness of like why the way, why they're showing up the way they're showing up, you don't get real long, you know, lasting shift. So yeah, I mean, your question about variety is, is interesting. I haven't really thought about it that way. Mm. I think that I am, I am, you're right. I'm an avid learner and I'm always like soaking up and reading and consuming the latest conversations around personal development and transformation and neuroscience. And so I think that, you know, with every book I read, I'm looking through the lens of how can, you know, who can this tool set apply to in terms of my clients and how can I make this available? And what is, what is this lens open up that maybe we haven't looked at before? So I'm constantly pulling those into my practice and avail- and making those available to my clients. So I think there's not just one way to do something, obviously. There's not just one way to live our life. And I think a lot of people uh, forget the, how much choice they have. Yeah. I think it's very easy to forget how much choice we have. And, you know, people say to me, oh, it's so amazing that you're, you know, living this like location independent life and you're so lucky. And I'm like, it's actually really easy. You yeah. know, you just have to make a choice. Yeah. And, you know, and yes, there are trade-offs and sacrifices, but anybody, like there's just so many options, you know, of how to design your life. You know, I think that that awareness and like reminding people and like that waking up moment of saying like, oh, this is just one, this is one script. This is one right. way. Choose your own adventure books. Remember those? Yeah. It's like, you know, like there are other doors yeah. to be open, other paths, and you can make that choice every day and every week. And so I think that I bring that spirit yeah. to my own life and for sure. And I think to my clients as well. Yeah, I think there's a value in the fact that you lead your life by example. There's that that attracts a certain client base to you, you know, for for wanting to learn how you do it in yours, but then also creating that permissioning. You know, yes. uh, as a coach myself, it's a lot of the time I find it's just creating a permissioning space for people to explore what they truly think, believe, desire, you know, want. And then as a coach, help them get to act into action towards it. But it's always that first step of like, well, where is it that you're trying to go? What's that, what's that vision you've had for yourself? And if you've been shut off for so long from um, exploring and just doing like, you know, the, even the 12 years you had in your, in your technical leadership career climb, right? Like there was transformation happening consistently through that process that then shaped you into a potential career goal you thought you had, you wanted, you know, and then once you're in it, you're like, yeah, that's great, but there's more, right? There's something else. And, and so it is really great to see, you know, by example, how you lead it for yourself, but knowing that, and I'm sure that I can only imagine the impact you have with the clients you work with because, you're so highly interactive too <laughs> that I, you also now have created spaces for people to come work with you. So tell the listeners too about um, Surf Your Soul and what that's all about and what you're leading in, in that regard. Yeah, that's my latest baby. So um, Surf Your Soul is a, a five-day retreat. The first one was just for women. So it's women. So at some point, it won't be just for women, but for now a five-day, four-night retreat in Sailita, Mexico. And it's all about... It like brings together these this two parts of my life that I'm so passionate about. It brings together the outdoors and Mexico and surfing and, and like the, the being outside your comfort zone in nature, right? And the waves, like everything becomes really real when you're, when you're yeah. paddling for a wave, right? And the space to really 
step away from the busyness of life and all of the, you know, the pulls of, of your day-to-day schedule and really give yourself the time to pause and reflect and, and recalibrate on like, what's, what's really important to me and where, how is that aligned with how I'm actually living my day-to-day and where does that need some recalibration and some tweaking and what changes do I want to make? And so we call, we have the half, first half days are surf sessions and we go out and surf our brains out. And a lot of, <laughs> a lot of the women have never learned to surf, have never surfed before. So beginners welcome. <laughs> and then the afternoons we sit down with journals and pens and, you know, in a workshop setting and we, we, you know, search within and, um, kind of can get connected to heart and soul and to have a lot of fun together and eat a lot of tacos. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I get to enjoy my happy place in Silita, Mexico um, with the folks that join. And so we're doing another one in uh, May and, and we're going to do one in April that is um, focused on women in tech, which I'm really excited about. Oh, that's well. amazing. Yeah. Like to get out of the workspace and, and just feel the waves. Like there's such an energetic... I don't even know, transformation that occurs when you're in that kind of current, you know, and it doesn't even have to be like a crazy one, but then also to just, I, cause for me, I've never tried it. So of course I'm going to have to come to one of your retreats and just put myself out there and get super uncomfortable in my, I would have to wear a full on (laughs) bodysuit because that would be the only way for me to like stay on a freaking board. But, um, (laughs) but truly like I can, I can already envision like how much that would shift me into a new space of thinking because I've never tried it before. But also just that connection with water and the motion of controlling my body on top of water, like that's just has its own whole mechanism of mind-body connection. And I know you're all about that as well in your practice and figuring out, you know, how do you really align what's going on with you physically, you know, into what you're doing and to be present. And I know, um, you've shared with me, uh, you know, personally, but if you're, if you're willing to share with listeners too, you know, one of the, the health discoveries you had, uh, and how that also shaped this path that you're on. It would be great. Yeah. I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease in like two, I don't know, 2011 or something like that. And I had just suffered from these symptoms for years and years that I thought I had acidophilus. I thought I had all kinds of different things, just these sort of like attacks I would, I would get. And I had a lot of things going on. I had a funky, bad gallbladder that had to come out. And I had all these, these things going on that were making it very difficult to diagnose me. But when it, basically Crohn's is a, um, a pattern of ulcers. And so I was living, a, you know, I, I was carrying a lot of stress, you know, despite a lot of attempts at stress management techniques, um, it got the better of me. And I got really sick. I was hospitalized and, and it was a really tough, probably like year long recovery to heal my body. And, you know, when sometimes when you won't slow down, your body decides it's going to take over, right? <laughs> and, yeah. have a, and have a force. And I had never faced anything before that where I really had to do like a major reset. Mm-hmm. And I had to evaluate the everything that I was eating, everything that I was drinking, the way I was saying yes to everything, and you know thought I had a, a, a you know Wonder Woman cape on and was just going to dive into everything, and that was the way I was validating myself. And it took its toll on me, and I had to really you know I had a choice: was I going to be on these like really horrific strong drugs for the rest of my life, or was I going to? 
make some different decisions and, you know, reevaluate some things. And so I worked with this, um, I'm pretty woo woo. So I worked with this, um, amazing, uh, energy healer who I still work with to this day. And through my partnership with her, I was able to like redefine my diet and, you know, decide that I was going to learn to say no. And in honesty, and I, and I got healthy long before I quit, before, before I quit and took that year off, but the way my body responded to being away from that, from the high stress environment, it became really clear to me that, that I couldn't go back. And so that was a big part of like saying yes to my health and saying yes to me and to a long, healthy life. And so, um, it was amazing that, you know, they call them flares and, in, in, in Crohn's when you're, when you have a heightened inflammation and the, and the ulcers come back and, you know, I was taking medication and tracking my flares. And literally since I quit that, since I quit my job in 2013 and I've been traveling around the world coaching, I haven't had a single flare. Wow. So even now I, I think of, yeah. And I feel so grateful. And I think about being diagnosed with Crohn's and I don't even feel like I, like I have it anymore, which is kind of silly to say. I just, I think it's just that, um, and I need to, I need to be mindful of that because it's sure. easy to then, right? Yeah. Thank you. Exactly. It's a slippery slope, but it's one of the things I'm most proud of in choosing mean and choosing my health. And in also like, you know, so many things come, came up during that period for me, like lots of other things, you know, my, that my therapist, my therapist got her, had a work cut out for her, yeah. but came up to, to work through. Right. And it was a time when I, when I really um, was reminded of my own capacity and, um, you know, sort of radical self-reliance and burning, burning man terms. And what came out of that was my ability to, to feel in control and to manage my health. And so I now know like, Hey, if it's, you know, if I'm going to go out and have a bunch of drinks then I'm going to pay a price and, but I'm in, I'm in control of that. And I don't know, I, I, I came out, I came out more connected to myself and with greater confidence and greater belief in what I was capable of and in a greater commitment to, to really taking care of myself and self-care, which is yeah. self-love really in the end, right? Yeah, it completely is. I mean, I, um, I'm i not sure how much of my history I ever shared with you, but it went, it was never, I've never been diagnosed with an autoimmune, but definitely had debilitating digestive issues for majority of my executive life. Like, it, you know, the years before we met were probably the most toxic for me. And I also was aligned with a homeopathic therapist. Um, in my, that was, you know, that's who I yeah. aligned with, but that natural care where it was about mind work with resetting the body function, you know, to align. And lately um, I had some serious flare-ups earlier this year and I went through all the, the Western medicine um, tests, right? And I did all the diagnosis and they, they were like, no, you're fine. You're fine. And I was like, no, I know something is wrong, you know? And, yeah. and it was, um, it was really difficult when, well, what did come back and this is just getting a little bit more like medical, but I, you know, I ended up having like gallstones and you said you uh-huh. had like a funky, funky gallbladder, right? Mine so I was had like, to come out. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, great. Take it out. I said to my doctor, I was like, take it out. They're like, but you're not having like serious symptoms. Like, and I said, okay, so That's you're waiting, <laughs> you're waiting for an ER visit is what I told them. And it literally happened. Like, I couldn't believe that I'm telling them like, this is what I need you to do to my body so that I can heal. And then literally a week 
uh, two weeks before having to move from Colorado to Connecticut, because that's where we are now, uh, I had emergency surgery while I was in California. <laughs> that was recently. I had no so idea. Recent. Yeah, it was this summer, but it was amazing. I was visiting. I was going out to have like some fun before my big move and just kind of decompress. Had an amazing few days. And, and, and then all of a sudden, it was like amazing pressure. The flare-ups happened. Okay, emergency surgery. My husband had to fly out. It was, it was crazy chaos. But I'll tell you that the slowdown that occurred and my friends kind of who came, you know, to see me. And I was actually very fortunate that it happened in California with such a support system around me because yeah. obviously from living out there way back when and, and um, having such close friends there, it actually, the slowdown of the hospital days, and I know this sounds so awkward, but it kind of speaks to what you just shared. It's like this realization of, you got to slow down, you got to reset. And when your body is failing you in certain, certain ways, you almost have to surrender. Yes. Too. Like that was the word I kept telling myself. Cause when my friends would come visit and be like, you're not complaining enough. Like <laughs> they're not going to pay attention to you. <laughs> like you've been sitting in this hallway of the ER for like four hours or six hours. I don't even know. Cause I'm, I'm drugged up or whatever it was. Right. But they're like, they're not, you, you have to show them. And I said, honestly, I have no control in this situation. Yeah. At this point, I, there is literally nothing I can do other than the surgeon coming in and taking care of this. And then the healing and what I choose to do next is all on me, yeah. right? But it definitely smacked me in the face too. Cause it's like, well, I still have not mastered this part of my body. And that's the work, you know, I have to focus on in order for me to be high functioning and enjoy the life that I have earned, you know, and, yeah. and really thrive in all of it. And so it's really great that you found a way not only to identify what was going on, but then also the right support and tools and systems to follow so that you can, you can really feel aligned. Yeah. But you're done. And as you say that, Karina, I'm like, I'm having this insight that I never really thought about in this way before, but I do, I do think that before that happened, I was really disconnected from my body. I mean, I'm physical. I do things all the time, but I, but in terms of like really sensing what was going on and mm -hmm. feet and like listening to my body, yeah, I, I was just brute forcing it and be like, shut up, you know, yeah. this. handle and it, I, handle it. Exactly. And white knuckling and through that, it, you know, journey and and wanting to get off. I mean, I still take immune system suppressants to be totally fair, but to, to, to get off like the prednisone and the hardcore drugs, right. That I didn't want to be on long-term. I had to learn to listen to what my body needed. And I had to learn for, to like sense into the early warning signs and then course correct so that I didn't have these like big flares. Right. Yeah. yeah. And so I now have that spidey sense. Like I now have that connection and that tuning that allows me a lot more freedom in and I also have a lot less stress. Right. Um, so that's a huge part of the, the equation for me, probably 80%, I'd say. In my coaching work and in like, I think I was sharing with you, I've started to research like somatic coaching and getting more into the body. And the body is so wise and so powerful. And as a society, we're really disconnected from our bodies. Like we yeah. really don't, we can't, we can't really sense all everything that it's telling us. And so what I'm super excited about and what I've been geeking out about lately is how can we, how can we get more in tune to listen to our bodies and um, use our bodies to help guide us towards 
that fulfillment, towards that yeah. alignment, towards that resonance, because yep. the sign, the signals are there and, the, and it's there when it's, when it's off, right? Like, yeah. it, and so, um, yeah, what you just highlighted for me was, I think that was the beginning of my listening yeah. and, and tuning in. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it does take sometimes for high performers, because that's what you are, high achiever, high performer for um, external benefits, right? Like we get trained to chase external um, rewards, which is the title. It's the it's the compensation. It's the um, the group of people you hang out with, the location you're in, the company, the, you know, all those external f- pieces. We're trained, our brain is then trained to look externally before we look internally. And then it takes shock. It takes a extreme shock, like an ER visit. You know, mine was similar to um, twice now, like, because the one before that was also an ER visit that was like, no, things have to change. It just, it, it then either you choose in that moment to ignore the, the blaring lights that are saying, stop, <laughs> you need yeah. to reset. Or you actually go deep and, and you reset. And unfortunately, a lot of people still push because they don't know any different, you know? Yeah. And so, so to look into the different practices of how do I slow down? How do I reset, recalibrate, pivot so that I can have a high functioning life full of fulfillment, you know, yeah. versus all these external, okay, yeah, you can say I did all those things, but yeah, at I'm cost? feeling like shit on the inside. Like... Yeah. It really doesn't matter. And that, that is a huge awareness. And sometimes when I do see, especially with my clients who are having those health issues and suffering, I will check in with them on it. Like, when's the last time you went and looked for such and such? You know, you could see it in the skin. You could see it, mm-hmm. you know, in, in their eyes even when mm-hmm. things are going on with the gut or, or um, the way their posture and they're holding themselves. Like there's so mm-hmm. many notions. And I, I love that you're looking into that for your practice too, because it's going to help so many people identify it. And your workshops, you know, and, and are such healing workshops as well. Water heals a lot, you yeah. know, especially if I'm a fire sign. And so like water has, it always calms me seeing it, being by it, putting just a toe in it. And I'm like a whole different, <laughs> a whole different person, you know? Um, but the energy that also comes in the motion. Of, and there's so much power in the ocean. So much power. It's, it's phenomenal. And um, it's such a healing space, which is great, you know, to see you incorporate it. Yeah. It's super exciting. I'm, I'm really excited for um, this next year's batch of retreats and for all the women that will come together and um, what we'll create together. And yeah, I feel really honored and special to be able to, to bring that together. Yeah. And you're going to hold space for a lot of people that need um, that just awareness, like you said, but then the how to live in that awareness state, you know, like just to truly be present, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And, and give yourself the gift of time and space, right? You know, so when we go through our lives and there's, there's so many demands on us day to day and it's a big deal for a lot of women to take a week off and, you know, a lot of people to take or take four days off in this case and go and just make time for themselves. Right. And so, um, it's, it's, it's very luxurious and it's so needed. Right, yeah. like yeah. the capacity that you go back to your life with as a partner, as a mother, as a friend, as you know, a coworker, as a leader. Yeah, 
I feel like it should be mandatory. I think everybody should be assigned a therapist at birth and be given a week long <laughs> retreat every quarter. And we would probably have a much kinder society. Um, society. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, it's true because it allows us to be present and less, you know, like living in the, the facade of life. You know, it's like those yeah, things sure. that you achieve and that you get, yes, they, they check certain things off the list, right? But you don't, you don't die with them. You know, like yeah. you die with your memories. You die with this feeling of experience that just, you know, your eyes beam that you actually had that in your life, you know, and that, that ultimately is the goal is to create those experiences so that all that hard work is worth it and yeah. that you can go back recharged, you know? Absolutely. That, you I, know, it's all about experiences. You know, I think that... um you know, travel is a way to quickly shortcut to what you really need, long-term travel, I think. And I'm sure there are other ways, but it's, it's, to me, it's like the most like effective. And, you know, having taken that year where literally I had a carry-on backpack. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to wear my one pair of jeans again today, right? You, like, but before that, what I thought I needed in terms of like my fancy car and my fancy house and my closet full of blah, blah, blah. Like by the end of that year, getting an apartment with a dishwasher was the most luxurious splurge <laughs> I could yes. imagine. And I think that that perspective reset, like, you know, you're asking about stepping stones of how I got to where I was now. Like I never left thinking like, oh, I'm going to become a digital nomad and I'm going to coach and like work from around the world and live in all these exotic locations. It was, I'm going to take this one year. And at the end of that year, it was, it was, how do we keep this going for another quarter? Okay. You know, and it was like, you know, this job and that project and, you know, and that client, and then starting to like get a sense of, okay, this, this can happen. And if I had looked, if I had start from my house in Marin County, California, tried to make that, that bridge and plan that out, I would never have been able to do it because right. I had a completely different sense of cost footprint and what I really needed. Right. And I think that a lot of people don't take a, the big leap towards what they want because they don't see the path clearly. They don't yeah. see that like how it's how they're going to get there. And I think that the big the big like missing link or the big like secret is that you never will. You know, right. you have you have to I love this metaphor of like of like leaping and finding your way your wings on the way down. Yeah. And you really have to because you know, you get there and you see things differently. And you have, you know, you have different ingredients to work with and you have different value, not, you know, different values of it, learning and what's important yeah. to you. And it's that first step that opens up the next options of doors and then the next step and the next step. And it's, it's your journey. So it's not going to be a clear path that you see someone else doing because it's your path. And right. that's what I get so excited about unlocking, you know, like being a partner and unlocking that for my clients and for other people who, and you mentioned permission. It is, it is about like some people, like you barely have to it's like they just you just barely say anything and they're like, oh, they got permission and they go. Right. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. They're just waiting for someone to get to like make it mm -hmm. okay to give themselves permission for that. Yeah. And I don't know. That just feels like such a gift to be a part of that. Um, I know, isn't it? It's yeah. so powerful. And you know what I love too is that you're not in you're not doing this alone. You have a husband and both of you are like in this zone together. And I'm just curious for a partnership, right? Like yeah. the level of communication you two must have <laughs> for this much, this much change and variety. But also, I mean, obviously there's like an innate soul-based desire you both have to live this way too. You know, so how how did you approach that 
with him and, and kind of get that alignment going after that first year together? Yeah, that's the thing I'm the most grateful for because it turns out we shared the same dream that we didn't know we had. <laughs> and I mean, we fell in love traveling. We, when we were dating for six months, we took, he got laid off from, he was working at Excite. That's how long ago that was. And he got a, and he got a severance package and, and we traveled for four months through Central America, through Costa Rica and Panama. And so we fell in love on the road. And I think we're at our best, you know, like map, map in hand. But then we went back and, and we're, you know, living in San Francisco and doing that for 12 years. And so then we took that year off at the end of the year, I think my, when I knew in my gut, I couldn't go back. I think my biggest fear was he was going to want to go back. Mm. Um, and what was, what was that, what was going to happen? Cause I had a very, very like intense aversion. Like I was like, I was afraid to even for a while, I wouldn't even fly to San Francisco because I was so afraid that we were going to get stuck there. there. Yeah. So I had a deal that if we go home, we had an exit. I wouldn't go in without an exit ticket. (laughs) And now I love going home because now Mm. I have, uh, I have my feet like firmly in this life and it doesn't feel like it can be taken away from me. But for those first couple of years, it was like, I don't know, is it a fluke? Like, is this sustainable? There was so many, so much uncertainty. Um, And so every year we, we have a little check-in in the beginning of the year, we have a ritual and we sit down and we're like, all right, so what do you want this year? And we literally get like sticky notes out and we brainstorm all the places that each of us is excited to go and how much we want to be home versus away. And we put a calendar up and we look at seasonally and we map it all out <laughs> and we like have like a loose plan and, and we kind of like, you good? Are we still doing this? Yeah. You in this? All right, boom, high five. Yeah. And, like, and, and now it's become so... Now it just says our life, right? I think that uh, that alignment and communication and checking yeah. in, and the other thing that you didn't ask about, which but what is, is a big part of this, is we both work from home, right? And our home is an Airbnb in wherever we are, or you know whatever apartment we're renting. So we're also a, together a lot, yeah. And I think that you know, as anyone in a relationship knows, like you know, humans are you know, like we need space and we need to, you know, like we aren't always at our best. Yeah. And so I think, you know, finding ways for us to have our own experiences and, you know, when we're near surf, that's easy because he's just in the surf all the time. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, but yeah, carving out alone time and finding ways to, you know, be a good partner when, when you're always together is an, is an art as well. And so, Yeah. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's it's it takes a skill, but it, it's also awareness on both your parts, right? To show up as who you truly are individually, and then how you combine the commonalities between you, but always yeah. make sure that there's like that strong communication between. Because you know, with my husband and I, part of our move back east, what I realized is I'm very nomadic myself. I I have Bedouin blood. I love to travel, you know, like I literally have a huge ass picture of a camel in my house because it just helps me relate to like my bloodline of things. And my husband though is very much grounded, needs a home. Like he needs that home base. He needs to to feel like there's an ownership there and that's that's his stance. And then and it but it took us time to figure out that major difference between us and also allows me now to show up for him and say, okay, you want a home base? Then great. Let's let's pick the home base that is most um, connected to the people we love, family, et cetera, which was part of the reason why we moved back East. And I know for me that I will always have the ability to travel and get my fix. And he loves yeah. to travel too. Don't get me wrong. But like, 
the need for that home base uh, creates certainty you know, yeah. for him. But for me, certainty is the fact that I can hop on a plane. Like yeah. it's, you know, but knowing that about each other has absolutely, actually, that's, yeah. Yeah. Brought us closer and, and communicating about our needs when, when, and not to separate us by any means, you know? So yeah. it's great that, that you share that. Cause I think folks need to hear that too. It's like, as you become more self-aware of what your true desires are, sometimes that fear shows up. It's like, how do I communicate that to the people I love? Because yeah. it's going to change yeah. our method of being together, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, this is another thing we need to manage around. Yeah. Really. The other thing you bring up is, is, the, is community and how important yeah. community is. And that's something that I have definitely felt throughout this journey. And I've been doing a bunch of research on digital nomads and people like me and like, what's, you know, what are the themes and pitfalls and I'm fascinated <laughs> by it. And community is a big theme. A community is a big part. It's like once you, once it kind of like, you know, you work it out of your system, all like, you know, the novelty of it and you settle in, that's the thing that people really miss and long for. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, for us, like we rotate between the places we rotate because we have community there. Yes. And so I think it's a very different thing when you're in a city all by yourself. It's wonderful. Right. There's the pros and cons of that too. But I do think as humans, like, for me, home is where my community is. It's not just a, a one place. And so I feel rooted and grounded and, and um, filled up yeah. by being around my people. And my people just happen to be in San Francisco, Mexico, and Portugal. Right, right. <laughs> and it's the same. Yeah, that's beautiful because it is about connection and love and the tribe. Um, yes. It just so happens that you have an ability and a skill set to come in and out of those environments you know, the best way, you know, how to stay connected, you know, and yeah. that, and that's a skill I have as well, but not everybody a has had the opportunity um, to, to do that, but it's also because I'm first generation American, you know, and so like raised in another culture and understanding there's something else out there, yeah, you know, sure. it, it created that desire of, well, I want to go connect with that something else. <laughs> you know, like, yeah. And so it's just a, it, it happens from experience, I would say. Like exposure is actually yeah. the right And perspective, right? I mean, perspective yeah. is everything, right? And so if you come from a perspective of global citizen as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. And feeling connected and having roots elsewhere, then you're going to have curiosity about that and you're going to feel comfortable versus if that's like some, you know, big unknown. So yeah, well, this yeah. is amazing. I mean, we touched on so many topics and I know you and I could could talk forever um, just because it's so much fun. I'm, I just want to take a moment and thank you for your time today and sharing a piece of yourself with, with our listeners because I know they will benefit from the conversation. But I would love for you also to tell them how best to connect with you, whether it's they're interested in, in your surf workshops or um, just to connect with you as a coach. You know, How would you like them to do that? Sure. So I don't have a website. It's been on my to-do list for a long time. So the easiest way, um, the, the, web, the website for this retreat is surfyoursoulretreat.com. Right. So have a look and you can reach me through there to learn more about that. Um, in terms of coaching or talking about digital nomadism and what that looks like, um, I'm on LinkedIn, Lisa Cavanaugh with a K. And then um, just my email address, which is lisa at Nicoya. N-I-C-O-Y-A consulting.com. And um, yeah, I welcome your listeners to reach out and um, share their stories and, um, and connect. 
That's amazing. And we'll make sure we put them in our show notes too, so that they have those links super easy. And before we close out today's conversation, I would just love for you to define what do you think a badass is? You asked me that question earlier and I, my, my initial reaction was um, self-love. I just think that it all comes down to, to self-love. I think that's one of the hardest things for us to do. And I think the most important, and I think the world could use a lot of self-love. So that's my def- definition of a badass. I love it, Lisa. Thank you so much for joining me today. And until our next encounter, <laughs> thank Mwah. you. Thanks for having me. Thank you for joining me today. Before you move on to the next episode, please post a review or share this episode with someone you think would appreciate it. Your feedback and support mean everything to me. For more information, check out yourbadassjourney.com or kareenwalsh.com. I truly believe everyone is capable of living a badass life. Thank you for listening.